Yo, this is Mike. I play guitar and pianos become the teeth, and you are listening to Spinning Thoughts on Adobe Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 125, wow, of Spinning Thoughts. This is Angelo coming at you. Thank you so much for being here for another one. 125, what are y'all doing? Really? If anyone's been here since the beginning, since like one, I don't even know what to say to you. Hit me up and let me know. I'll buy a coffee or something. That's insane. Thank you for being here. I'm stoked. For another midnight premiere on Adobe Radio. If you're staying up nice and late with me, thank you so much for being here. But, you know, the beauty of podcasting really is is that you can listen to this any, any damn time. So, if you're listening to this in the future, thank you as well. I appreciate you. Episode 125, we've got a lot to cover here. And sometimes I go a little crazy on my introductions. This band, they don't need one, so I'm going to cut to it. Everyone, say hello. I've got Mike from pianos become the teeth mike what's up dude hey what's going on ah you know i'm just talking to you and that's always a, a good way to kind of cap out the night you know yeah well <laughs> i mean i guess it depends on who you ask but well yeah. yeah i mean i'm let i mean do you talk to yourself uh yeah probably more than i should yeah. yes <laughs> so how are those conversations um not as dark as i think most people's <laughs> most people would think but yeah, they're, they're usually all right. I'm usually right. trying to convince myself uh, that I have to go to work or something like that. Oh, I'm, I know that feeling, brother, so uh, so we can relate. Now, uh, I want to thank you for being here, man. You guys have been busy, so, uh, I mean, is there like a little lull in the schedule right now? There has to be that you, since you're talking to me. Um, yes. I mean, <laughs> um, there, there is a little bit. I think a lot of times you have kind of a lot of back-end stuff that always goes on that people are never aware of. Like if a band is it on tour, there's typically a million other things that are going on in the background that people have no idea what's happening. Yep. Um, so I'd say as far as like a lull in touring, um, I'll say yes, as of <laughs> now. Um, but we do have like a lot coming up and, um, we, yeah, but we, we have some stuff that, um, you know, we're doing like a radio show in April and we have um, some stuff, you know, scheduled that hasn't been announced. And then uh, we have that co-headline in um, August and that's with Foxing in the UK. Um, so, yeah, we got some stuff coming up, but there's like small little breaks in between, which is which is always nice to kind of regroup. We used to never do that at all. We yeah. used to pretty much kill it all year and i think uh i think we're all pretty stoked to be able to take some time uh kind of take some time off and some lulls in between there but we did take like the entire year pretty much in 2016 off so we were writing all of that so that was probably the longest period that we've ever had not doing something yeah i mean like you said there's always stuff kind of going in the background too that the fans and friends don't necessarily see yeah exactly uh, so all right so let's talk about you know we'll, we'll try to cover what we can and see what will unfold here in 2018 sure. but before we get to there i mean geez there we had some amazing shit drop here in early 2018 so february the 16th my man you know that date uh <laughs> the, the band dropped its fourth full-length album with wait for love the album, it's been out for about two weeks now, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, man, how does it feel? This this has been a long time coming, right? I mean, how does it feel yeah. to have this finally out there for everybody to enjoy? And it, it is very enjoyable. Thanks, man. Um, it's it, it feels awesome to finally be out. I think that uh, a lot of times putting out a record is one of the most nerve-wracking things to do, though just because you spend so much time on it that you kind of get tunnel vision and you don't know anymore, like how these songs, uh, if they're good, if they're bad, if like what they are, because you spend 
so much time with the same four other people yeah. writing them. <laughs> and there's no outside source that you can kind of come in with it. So, you know, we spent the better part of, uh, I mean, I guess Keep You came out in late 2014. And mm-hmm. then I we pretty much started writing very casually in 2015. Um, so we wrote this record for the better part of like two years. Um, and a lot, you know, a lot of ideas didn't make it. We had a, I think when we were counting them in the studio, I think we had like 40 or 50 things that oh, were shit. either, that they were either, you know, I mean, they weren't all fleshed out songs. Yeah. I mean, it was like ideas that we, some people come to the table with and, you know, we, um, ended up just working on, you know, the bulk of what the, you know, the record came out with and it feels great to have it out mainly because we spent so much time on it and it's, you know, no longer like this tunnel vision thing for us. We can share it with everybody and kind of share how we viewed the whole package of it. But it was, uh, it was definitely a, um, it was a trying record, I guess is the best, best way to best way to put it, but not in like a, you know, fan argument or anything like that sort right. of way but th- there was just like this this one was just approached in, in like a very different way um you know we uh well not different in writing i guess but more so recording sense where we uh um you know kyle had a had a kid um yep i guess almost two years ago now it's been almost two years so um so he would come up sporadically to do vocals where the rest of us would have were in the studio right and um you know it just it's it changes the vibe not like bad or good it just changes the vibe when you're all not in the same room and we would kind of come back and forth like some weekends we'd come back home for a weekend and a couple people would stay up there whereas the record before we were just in close quarters for a straight month all together all the time very similar to how tour is so um just kind of navigating that and like um you know kind of how how that changes dynamic and stuff but um yeah i'm stoked on it man i mean i i'm super proud of the record i think that with any band or artist i think it's important to continue to unfold push yourself do everything you can to continue be continually be you know challenged with something so yeah i I think that 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 really represents the band from my like outside perspective of just especially the last like week or so like super diving into like the discography and shit just trying to get as prepared as possible for this yeah i mean one thing i'm just super impressed about with the band is just the growth the development the the inability to really do the same thing twice you know what i mean so I yeah I really really dig what you guys are doing this album was uh, a joy to listen to I've been listening to it a lot and all the feedback that I've been seeing on social media and I spend too much time on there but I've seen seen it all been really really positive now uh, before we move off of the topic here of this album wait for love uh, I don't know exactly uh, what what kind of like uh, input or um, affiliation you had with this uh, but the band you know as a whole uh, decided I assume here to during like the first week, I think of the album sales, um, you guys were donating, uh, albums, album sales to what is it? The choice program at UNBC, yeah. right? Yeah. And that yeah. was from like, if it was purchased, I think off of Bandcamp, right? Yep. Yep. So what, what was that all about? I mean, how did you guys come up? I think it's great. I love when bands do this kind of stuff. I mean, was this a collective thing? Was it one person? I mean, how do you guys approach this kind of thing? Um, it was, I mean, it was collective that we wanted to donate to something. We, we, um, our manager came to us and said that we had the opportunity to be able to do something like this. And for this record coming out, um, that was going to be like a burst of like first week sales, like a good, a good chunk of sales were going to happen on our band camp. Whereas we didn't, we didn't do anything for a while. So like donating (laughs) in the, donating in the middle of 2015 might've gotten somebody like 20 bucks. Right. I know. So, yeah. So, um, we had, we just had never had like an opportunity and that made sense until now to like really make an impact, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, um, the choice program is actually where our other guitarist, Chad, his wife, Danny works at, and she does, um, all of our, uh, photography too, like on, on every record that we've done that she's been the photographer and our buddy August is the one who does the layouts. So, um, she's been working there for quite some time and we wanted to do something that was 
kind of Baltimore focused since that's that's where we're from. And it's an awesome program that just helps like job readiness for um, kind of youth in the city, helps, you know, get them, you know, prepare to be in in the job world and gives them the training that they need, helps set them up with salaries. And it's, it's just an awesome program. And it's part of University of Maryland um, and uh, in I guess it's like Baltimore County technically, but it's only about 10 minutes, 15 minutes outside of the city. It's actually where I graduated from. So, oh, no way. Um, so like when we were all thinking of like a, a charity to like donate to, I mean, we've, we could have done some of the big ones, like, uh, you know, just, you know, all the, all the standard big ones that are out there right now. Of but for us, it was like doing something that was more focused within our city was going to be, um, I don't know. It just, it just felt more right to do something like that. So, um, so yeah, I hope it made a difference. You know, it's not one of, you know, it's one of those things that you never really, um, you never really know what uh, the dollar amount does for yeah. a, a, a program like that, but I guess every small amount helps. So I hope it made a difference and it's just like a, you know, I, I truly believe in Baltimore city. I know it gets a bad rap from a lot of places, but I think that it's programs like a choice program that, you know, help, kind of make the city better and it helps give get helps give people like an opportunity dude no doubt and i think it's an amazing thing you guys did i love seeing bands do that i encourage anybody you know to to support bands that try to support other people uh and it's crazy just yeah, how, totally. how music like this album right like this album again i've i've looked a lot at like people responding to this feedback i mean a lot of people are saying it's having a huge impact i mean there's like there's a lot of stuff going on a lot of deep ideas and lyrics and things of that nature and then so you have that way of it really impacting people and then you go above and beyond and donate sales and so the, the music these some of these kids probably never will ever hear of you right of the, yeah. of, of the yeah, band yeah but like the album did have an impact on them you know it's pretty cool well i think that like if you i mean you know it's it's we have this opportunity right now i mean we're not like a huge fan by any means but we have an opportunity to have like a uh um i guess make some sort of impact and have a voice in something and i feel like the more that you can do that for some sort of positive help and change the better i mean i i, I don't think that um i don't think that there's a lot of opportunities people at an individualistic level that are just like going to work every day that they're going to be able to like you know take a thousand dollars from their paycheck every every month and donate it to a charity. Yeah, for sure. So when you're in a position that you're in a band that might, you know, be able to make a certain amount from an album sales that it's not really going to affect you one way or another, you know, money wise donating, you might as well donate it and do something good with it. You might as well be able to help out somebody. So, right. Um, you know, it's not like, it's not like we're sitting with a, million dollar royalty checks so you know it's like it's not gonna affect us well um, mike you know um there's this little thing called the spinning thoughts boost and so what's gonna end up happening here for your band is whenever this this airs i mean that boost is gonna hit and those royalty checks are gonna fucking flow in dude yeah man i'm gonna give you my <laughs> bank account my, my my routing information so you can just dump it right in <laughs> you got it yeah i'll give it to my uh, my financial advisor over here it's perfect, perfect. <laughs> hey listen we've been talking a lot about wait for love uh, at this point everybody you just got to go listen to it if you haven't already we've been talking a ton about wait for love the fourth full-length album from the band we spent a lot of time talking about it let's spend a little time listening to it i am so stoked for you all to check this track out. It's one of my favorites off Wait for Love. This is Bitter Red from Pianos Become the Teeth. Enjoy.
So you just finished listening to Bitter Red off the very, very new album, Wait for Love from Pianos Become the Teeth. Uh, like I had mentioned right before we jammed it, it's one of my favorite tunes off of the album. And since the album released, you all kind of had like this string of release shows to celebrate. And and I saw you guys talking about it on the socials. I just wanted to kind of hear it from you. How was how was that whole thing? It was it was great, man. I mean, it was the first time we've ever had like uh, a string of sold out shows. Like usually for us, if we sell out a show, then the next few aren't and then you know we might have them here here or there but um the shows were awesome a lot of people came out um they were fun i mean i think i think it's it's interesting because now uh we're getting to the point to where people come out to shows and they really enjoy like watching the show and whereas when we were like a heavier band the shows would sometimes get like super rowdy and they'd be kind of crazy Whereas it's not so much that anymore, but <laughs> I, I think I constantly have to remind myself that it's people are doing exactly what I do when I go to shows yeah. and like sitting in the back of the beer and watching the band. Um, so like, I think that that's just like a part of getting used to, but I mean, New York was insane. That show was super rowdy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the shows were awesome, man. Like they were, we've, we've, We've built out our own like lighting setup too. Our drummer actually uh, like pro like programs everything, and then I control it all like via foot switch. So Jeez. we have like our own lighting setup and everything too. So oh, we kind of wanted the whole package of everything in this. So you know, if people come see us live, it's like a very uh, you know, it's it's something both interactive if if you do want to be in the front sing along have fun cool but if you're in the back watching i i think that there's a lot to watch too so you know they were fun it was awesome kind of driving the kinks out of some of the songs just because we've never played them live so you know it's still getting used to them but uh it was fun it was a lot of fun yeah no doubt and uh, i i've actually never had the pleasure of seeing you all live and hopefully maybe that'll change here soon you know if you Hell yeah. drop some some more tour dates here in 2018 uh, but uh, what I want to know is with my lack of experience of seeing you all live and this maybe you don't even know the answer to this yet I'm sure it's going to evolve you've got now I mean you've got a a discography of music and and from start to finish it becomes very different so how do you approach I'm sure these last few shows for the release, it was probably all off of Wait for Love. But, like, for your main sets, do you include these old – are you going to include some old songs? I mean, these these past uh, these past shows, we, we played stuff off Lack Long After. Oh, okay. Um, we played some stuff off Keep You. We played Wait for Love. We have played stuff off Old Pride before. Um, I think that – it's it's funny because you know you'll see on social media and stuff like that of people being like oh i want to hear like you know insert the obscure <laughs> track from you know old pride or something like that and yeah. anytime now that we have started playing a lot of these older songs live we've noticed that that crowd isn't necessarily the one at the shows anymore yeah it's the oh. crowd that are, that are that have kind of come for keep you and come from wait for love and so it's kind of somewhat working in our favor because we obviously do enjoy playing like the stuff from keep you and wait for love uh, you know that that's the newest stuff that we have so uh, every band enjoys playing the newest stuff that they have so um we kind of got lucky to where a lot of people seem to be okay with us playing that but we try to mix it up every set i mean um or every every tour we try to mix it up and like if if one tour we're only playing stuff from you know wait for love and keep you. It doesn't mean that the following tour, it's not, we're not going to have anything from old pride and, or anything off lack long after, you know, we have, you know, now effectively like 40 plus songs to choose from. So it's, it's more so like what flows in a set, you know, what feels right. Like what transitioning from, you know, this old song to this new song, does that feel right? Does it take too much time? Because we play, funny i mean we play in like a a really really low tuning for all the new stuff and people don't really realize that but like uh everything from keep you and wait for love is all in like a drop b tuning drop um, b b is in b, boy b is in boy holy yeah. fuck bro uh, yeah what? so <laughs> damn we started started doing that with hiding 
um, wow. the, the song from the seven inch with Touche just because we uh, wanted to try something a bit different. And then when Kyle noticed it was also easier for him to sing in that low tuning, we just started writing with that. And um, this record has a lot of kind of different tunings. There's like a bunch of stuff in that, but all the old records are all in, all in drop D. So like switching guitars and, you know, switching stuff back and forth, like it takes a lot of time on stage and it kind of lags in the set. So we just try to build sets that flow right. They feel right. They look right. Like everything just kind of comes together. So it does take a bit of time. Um, but like I said, just because we're not playing something this tour doesn't mean we won't play at the next tour. So we, we don't we don't it nix out anything. What is an open B uh, tuning? I, I, I'm familiar with obviously open D. I, I've jammed in open G a lot. I kind of like that vibe. But what is an open B? Do you know it off the top of your head? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's just drop B. So it's a oh, drop Yeah, it's a G, B, F sharp, B, E, G sharp, C sharp. So effectively, it's uh, I think two steps down then from from what uh would normally be up there so i guess if well it'd be drop d so so b c c sharp d so two and a half steps <laughs> down on the low string uh and then probably just two or one and a half steps down the rest of the rest of the way but um yeah i don't know it's it every time we tell people that they're just like i would have never known and it's like probably because we play you know, fenders and, and not, not a 5150. So it's, you know, obviously it doesn't have, have that sound, but I think partly how we sound is like, there's a kind of a wall underneath everything that we do. And it's, uh, it's usually just neither Chad nor I, I think turn off our reverb pedals, entire sets. I have multiple reverb pedals that are usually on. So there's like this density that I think that those low strings when they're droning kind of fill out a lot of space. So if anybody's ever like, how do you get this sound? That's the secret. Just not literally cover up, cover up everything that you can do with reverb and delay. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I learned how to play guitar when I was like 12 years old, but the kind of guitar that I learned how to play was not like, you know, the, the soloing kind of Jimmy Page style. It was, more so how many pedals can I turn on and see how I can make some wild sounds. So oh, that, that's kind of the school. That. That's the school that I came from. And most of the bands that I enjoy do the same thing. So, you know, I, uh, that, the low tuning kind of helps with that droniness and a lot of stuff. It, I have blown a speaker in an old amp because oh, of it, but, God. but, but, you know, it is what it is. Dude, that's awesome. I really appreciate you giving me some of that insight. I dabble in guitar. I'm not very good, but I'm decent, I guess you could say. And so, I'm not either. So <laughs> I would have to argue that, sir. But uh, what I'm going to say is, is that I am actually really stoked to kind of go back now and listen to Wait for Love uh, again and just kind of like pay attention to some of that and just see. I mean, I don't know. It's. Very interesting. Very, very yeah. cool. I'm going to have to try to tune my, my guitar down to that and see if I can make anything come out at all. Well, the trick is that any guitar that has like a 25-inch neck, like mm -hmm. a 25-inch scale or a 25-inch scale, um, they can usually handle those tunings. Stuff like Jaguars and stuff, usually they have a shorter scale neck, so they're more tough to be able to handle that. But all like Fender Strats, Fender Telecasters, gives like Les Pauls, that yeah. stuff is usually a 25 to a 25 and a half inch scale neck so they can they can usually handle those low tunings because they're longer um so just take a a pair of like the those ernie ball like not even slinkies that i think they're like a, a 58 or a 62 or something on the low string and you're good to go yeah i got what i got these hybrid i'm holding them right now in my hand hybrid slinky ernie ball what we got 46 as yeah so I think we ours are like fifty eight. It's like either fifty six or fifty eight, something like that. But all right, I'm gonna try it. I've got a Strat and a Tele here, so we'll we'll do it. Cool, perfect. We'll, we'll do it, and uh, and then if you ever need a what a third guitarist, I guess you could yeah. hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely definitely rock that shit. Now, <laughs> while we were we were talking about the the release shows, and uh, you know, th there's been an official announcement for what seems to be at this time at this point in time, like the only um, tour, right, that I could really locate. I'm, yeah, we'll see what happens here. But we've, yeah. got, we've got a co-headlining tour in August. Yeah. 
And fuck, I mean, this will be worth the wait if, if we've got to, right? For those in the <laughs> UK, uh, you're going to be hitting up uh, the UK with Foxing in August. I mean, w- you stoked for this or what? Yeah, man. Um, I'm, I'm always excited to travel, um, you know, travel and especially going overseas. Like, it, it's always a blast, man. Um, and I think a lot of these rooms are like smaller rooms, too. So hopefully people will kind of get rallied with us. But yeah, it, it'll... Uh, should be a lot of fun. I'm pretty stoked to do that tour. Um, and I'm especially do with the foxing dudes. Like I've heard nothing but great things about them. So I'm excited to excited to hang with them for, for like a week and a half. Yeah. I've, I've heard some things about foxing too. I, I want to say that I've listened to them a lot, but I, I haven't. And I'm certainly going to, uh, especially knowing yeah. the affiliation here, but I've heard great things as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now I'm not super, super uh, privy to uh, piano become the teeth. Your guys is uh, like touring history. I mean, I'm a sh- I'm sure you guys have been to the UK before, right? Yeah, this will. I can't even re- remember how many times we've been. This will probably be time number five or six. Yeah. Or okay, I something. figured as much. I mean, have you guys been exposed to a lot of Europe? Then, I mean, is there a favorite place in Europe you guys like to hit up? Yeah, I mean, we've we've done effectively like most of europe now i mean you know we always get comments from people that are always like come to here and it's like uh, i don't know if i don't know if we're ever (laughs) going to be able to to do that because obviously money has to come into some parts of it because we can't travel for free but like uh yeah man we have um we have some friends in sweden from a band called sweet laloon that we did our first um europe tour with ever in 2011 and they they were amazing. Their country's amazing. Um, I, I love Sweden. Um, I love Norway. Um, I love those like Nordic Nordic areas. Um, and what else? Um, we went to Spain once, and that show was like effectively probably probably still it, like in my memory as being one of my favorite shows the band has ever played um, because we played this festival called Resurrection Fest and we got there and had to play at like three or four in the afternoon or something like that. And we were walking up and converge was right before us and converge had to play before us because they had to take a flight out to go to Warsaw to play another, like play another festival the next day or later that night or something like that. So, I mean, you can probably imagine how it feels to like, uh, have to watch a band like Converge <laughs> and then have to follow them. Yeah. Um, so this festival was enormous. The tent that we played in had like, uh, when Converge was playing, there was probably about 7,000 people in the tent. Oh and so they were playing, and I don't know if you've ever seen Converge, but they are one of the heaviest and best bands live. Um, so it's like watching them side stage, and it's just amazing to see. And then as soon as they hit their last note, the entire tent, just like leaves everybody is like go- they're they're all going to like go to the the next stage because somebody else is playing so as we're setting up we're looking at this giant empty tent and thinking like this is going to be absolutely miserable um but uh we started playing and the entire tent flooded i mean there was like another seven thousand people that came and watched us and it was oh. like i mean it was like the that like movie moment where you kind of see what it's like like it's like that almost famous moment, like sitting on a, uh, a stage and playing to like 7,000 people that are all like clapping and singing along and stuff. It was, it was pretty wild. Um, what a movie and, too, by the way. Yeah. I mean, anytime you could drop that, I'm oh, a yeah. fan of it. Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorites of all time. We always make jokes about it in the band. Just like we, we're all pretty big fans of it. So we can all quote it pretty well, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it was just like an amazing time. So, I mean, I think effectively that was in Santiago. So I think Spain was one of my favorite places I've ever been, but um, yeah, man, I mean, Europe's always good to us. It's, it's always, always really awesome. Germany is amazing. That's it. We spend most of our time there cause we have a, a pretty good fan base there, but yeah, it's, it, we never have a bad time. It's awesome. And also our buddy Christoph is our driver there and, he is one of the best human beings on the face of the planet. So shout out to him because he is amazing. He's one of my favorite people on earth. That's awesome. Uh, it's great to uh, – we've got some fans here at Spinning Thoughts that, that kind of get outside the, the states, and it's it's always just so interesting 
to to bring in that kind of diversity of fans and friends and culture and oh, being yeah. able to travel, man, and see all that. I'm so envious. That's one of my like to be in a touring band. Like I just feel like that'd be one of the coolest things about it is just being introduced to so many new things. It definitely is, man. I mean, it's definitely we're spoiled in that sense. Um, I think you, you you attempt to not take it for granted, but there are times when you do. Um, just because it's it a lot of times it does become like that new normal, especially when you're on tour for like two, two and a half months straight. Yeah, and that, it's not you know, glamorous either, you know, at times, no, but not not at all. <laughs> so from like me sitting here, you know, talking into a microphone to say that like, oh my fucking God, I just I long to tour. But then you, you <laughs> God, you, it ain't glamorous either. So definitely not uh, but you do you get to see so many cool people and, and and of course you take the good with the bad you know with the, the exactly. long drives and the breakdowns with the vans and shit so yeah all right anyways a lot, a lot of those yeah no dude for real all right so um a few more things here before we uh wind down episode 125 this has been great and by the way mike if no one's ever told you i think I, i'm sure somebody has you got a killer ass voice for radio you know that <laughs> you know i get that Every single day. You have to um, because your voice just has that deeper tone to it and it just kind of it carries, you know, like it. Thanks. Man. I have to put on a fucking like effect when people listen to me. Uh, you, you're <laughs> goddamn natural. Thanks. man. I work in a restaurant. So like when I'm like waiting tables or like bartending or something like I shit you not every day. Somebody is like. Has anyone ever told you you have a radio voice? It's like, yep. Well, you know what, dude? At least, at least I said it while you're on the fucking radio. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, exactly. So exactly. you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feel bad about asking you probably for the fucking fifteenth time today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, so you, the band, uh, I, I want to touch on this real quick because I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, the band seemed, it seems like you guys just started uh, a limited run merch store for yeah. some tour merch exclusives, uh, limited merch media uh, now i went to go look at it today and it looks like it's like you guys have sold everything i'm assuming right it's gone it's like pretty much so our buddy nick um he does merch in a band called turnover uh, yeah wow. uh, and okay. he, he also uh, uh plays guitar in turnover now too um I, so i guess he, he's not doing merch anymore but when we were on tour with turnover he did merch for them and uh he he came out with us with these four shows and he's also one of my favorite people. He is like one of the funniest people on earth. And, uh, he offered to like kind of take our tour leftovers or any stuff that we wanted to like put in a store and just him run the store for us. Um, because he already does it for turnover. So he was like, you guys will sell it and it's going to do better selling in a store like that. And I, I don't mind shipping it. If you, um, you know, we just cover shipping costs and, um, so effectively, if we don't do that, our stuff just like literally sits in the trailer until the next tour. And then we try to sell it. So right. this has just been a much better route for us to be able to do something like this. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we started it and we sold pretty much everything in the first day. But as as Nick is, he's leaving for tour with turnover now. He. Uh, he kind of put the shop on hold until he gets back home and then yeah. he'll take care of it all. So, but yeah, we started, I think we're, we have a couple ideas floating around now of something that we've been talking about doing for, I guess, over five years now. And that, um, that we're trying to put together that I think would be like a really special thing, not just for us, but for anybody who's followed our band or anything that we're, if, if all, you know, fall goes according to plan, we should have up sometime this year that, I think will be a really cool limited thing that if, if people, you know, kind of want to follow the rest of what we do, I think we'll really enjoy it. I cannot wait to hear more about that. And, uh, man, maybe I will be one of those to snag yeah. it, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, you never know. <laughs> now I, I want to ask you here, this is, this is just kind of popping in my head. I'm going off yeah. of script here a little bit, but, uh, you seem like an inquisitive kind of guy. So here's a perplexing thing that I hear people talk about a lot. Why is there like some weirdness or awkwardness or whatever for people to wear band merch, like to go to a show to see a band, let's say someone's going to see pianos become the teeth and wearing a piano shirt. Yeah. Why the fuck do people care about that? Dude, dude, it's funny you say that. Uh, 
my buddy Andy and I, Andy sings in a band called Praise, and he they did the last um, four shows with us. And, uh, and and if you like old DC hardcore, like Revolution Summer stuff, similar to like Embrace or Dag Nasty, stuff like that, check them out. They are amazing. They're like one of my favorite bands from the city. Um, but Andy and I were talking about that because when when we played the first show in Boston, there were a bunch of people that were wearing our shirts. And I fully back it. I think it's awesome. I back it's it like, too. I, I mean, do. you're 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 going to a show to see the band that you want to see. Like, obviously, Dude, you're gonna like, you're gonna support them. Are you? Like, I mean, are you guys Ravens fans? Are you football fans at all? Um, no. Well, not not me personally. I can't say that for Zach. Our bass player is a enormous Redskins fan and a huge sports fan yeah. in general. Um, so, so, like, with that yeah. in mind, I mean, it's like. If you go to a goddamn football game or something, right. or you wear, you're wearing the jersey <laughs> yeah. of your team. Why can't you support the band in that way? I mean, well, I don't get well, it. I think it's kind of coming full circle now to the point to where there are some bands wearing their own shirts on stage. Yeah. Sim- and yes. I, I, I back that shit, too. I think so awesome. do I. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but it's only because I just, I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't I do it either, but I, I agree. I think it's sick. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, honestly, I've... I, I I feel like I see so many people on, on Twitter and stuff talking about that, like, in a negative way. And I just want to say right here, and, and Mike said it himself, so we're going to start, you know, team, you know, wear, wear the band yeah. shirt to a show, whatever the totally, fuck. man. It's awesome. I, I yeah, love that we got awesome. to talk about that. Yeah, All right. man. That's, that way you know who you're supporting. <laughs> For real. I mean, you love the band. You're going to see them. If you own the fucking shirt, why not wear it? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. All right, so, uh, and then you get people who get, like, tattoos of bands. I mean, you can't take that shit off. Right. So let's find exactly. an equal medium here, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're here with Mike from Pianos Become the Teeth. We've talked a lot about Wait for Love, and recently the band, you know, leading up to the album, released th- a trilogy of music videos. Uh, what do we have? It was Charisma, Bitter Red, and uh, Love on Repeat. Uh, so according to this quote from the director, Michael Parks, is it Randa, Rhonda? Yeah, Randa. Randa. Yep. Uh, I probably should know that. So, so this, he said this to Brooklyn Vegan. He said the stories are centered on two strong queer female characters who fall in love amidst the eeriness of Halloween. So where where'd you guys come up with this? I mean, what, what was the backing well, to this? Um, we were actually on tour in like last year. Um, on that me without you tour that I guess we met up with our, um, with Matt McGreevy at epitaph and just like our label and kind of pitching around ideas. And, uh, Chad, uh, is always like really good at coming up with like, you know, kind of marketing ideas and kind of just ideas with stuff. And his whole thing was that he wanted to release videos for all the songs we were doing because people are more inclined to watch a video with a song than they are to just go listen to a song, which I totally agree with. Yeah. It's the truth. Um, so we had kind of a time crunch. Um, I think we were in LA like in mid October and uh, the record was being announced November 6th. So it was pretty much mid to late October. Uh, we got this idea that we wanted to do three videos and the first video needed to come out November 6th. So there was a solid, there was like about two weeks. <laughs> like in, And um, so as you can probably imagine, most directors are going to say, I, I have no time to do anything like that. Um, and then Randa had come to us, like I had uh, chatted with him back and forth through email like about a year ago now. Um, and he had, known our old label top shelf that you know through them that we were working on a record and he had said that at any point that we ever wanted to do anything like video wise to hit him up so um he ended up sending over like a a a treatment that um, and i don't know if you've ever read a video treatment but every time you read them they're just it's very hard to visualize so and anytime somebody is like telling you this is how something should be or sound it at 90% of the time kind of sounds like it's not going to look the way you <laughs> hear it in your head. Um, and so when he sent over the, the treatment, it was like, this sounds super intriguing. I just hope it looks cool. Um, because I don't think right now we like, 
it, it's it's very hard to envision. I don't and, know how you would. I don't know how you well, would. I don't know how he he did. You know. Well, the coolest part about it is that he shot it on Halloween, and again, still in the time crunch. So he had to shoot it, edit it, color correct it, get back anything that we like made any changes with, yeah, and then submit it to Epitaph just uh-huh. to be posted in six days. That's nuts, and so, there's so much going on in that video. Right. So he sent us the first cut, and all of us were like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and so from there, we started thinking of kind of the treatments of the next two videos. And it was like the continue, like he wanted to make the continuation of that story in the next videos. And for us, it was like, damn, this is so cool. And a couple ideas that we had, like we gave to him, like for years, we wanted to do something with like fluorescent paint, like slow motion paint. Um, so we kind of gave that idea to him to literally just do whatever with, but this is what we want in the video at some point. So he was able to work that in. Let me, hold on real quick. Let me ask you about that. Cause uh, so this paint, uh, that was in what video was that bitter red? That was in bitter red. Yep. Yep. So I got, I just got to wonder, I actually wrote this down. I wanted to ask you about, I mean, this shit ended up going all over the place. Like it looked fucking awesome, but Oh yeah, it went everywhere. Did I'm assuming it came off of the instruments and, and or I was like thinking, wouldn't it be sick for it to stay on them? Like it well, looked sick. It looked awesome. Um, that was like on record. I think one of the coldest days that was in Maryland. <laughs> um, I think that it was, it was somewhere in in the negatives with the wind chill. You could see, um, uh, you could see the breath like in yeah. the video. So we were outside for the video shoot because it was, it took place in like a, a slatted barn yeah. that had like, you know, in between the two by fours, I mean, the wind would just whip through it and the snow would blow into it. <laughs> so in this time, we're literally all in this room playing to this, playing with this in the black light, um, having paint thrown on us. So it's like a, a water based paint. <laughs> covering everything oh. in the in the coldest temperature you could possibly imagine and uh and yeah it did stay on everything luckily for us the the guitars were um like a friend of ours uh let us borrow this guy i worked with the studio eli let us borrow a couple guitars um think uh oh our our buddy eric who does merch for us um he let us borrow one of his guitars and the drum kit was something that uh, Rando was able to find. So we just had a bunch of kind of borrowed gear. Um, but the paint is still on the instruments. Uh, as, so David uses that drum kit at practice. And yes, the paint is still. Does it look sweet? It. it looks pretty wild. Uh, uh, dude, I, mean, I want to get my hands on yeah. one of those guitars. Like, I mean, you, got, look- you need to throw that on the website, dude. Yeah, I know. We thought we actually thought about that, and like that was the initial thing of maybe putting those up and then donating that money to charity Dude, before the real before I would the, put the in. band camp thing. Yeah, so I'm sure now that we have this limited merch thing, we our limited run store, we'll actually be able to do some like cool shit like that. Um, but yeah, the, it it did stick on all the guitars. It came out of our clothes for the most part. I think my shoes are still pretty destroyed, but I wore a pair of shoes i didn't really care about anyway but <laughs> i think the thing we all took away from that was just how brutally cold um it was outside and it was just like like we were uh we had a bought a bunch of beer and uh like a bunch of liquor that we were like just putting in the snow and when i would put my beer up in the like when i was doing my shot i would put the beer up in the like the slat of the barn and within you know two three minutes of doing a shot i'd go get it and there would there would already be ice inside oh of my it. god yeah i mean it was it was freezing but the video turned out great so it was worth it blood sweat and tears this is what the bands yeah. are doing for all of you out there so support them be friendly uh <laughs> yeah. my man dude this has been an awesome conversation and i've i've definitely taken you over what i told you i would so my apologies oh, hope fine. you had nothing else no, better man, to do tonight I, have, I literally have nothing going on tonight so it's totally cool well, I'm glad that uh, we could have nothing to do together then, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I want to thank you so much for being here. Before I let you go, is there anything else that you want to add? Anything you want to say to your fans that, that maybe I didn't miss or I, I did miss? Um, no, man. I mean, this has been the first 
like we got our charting numbers back and I don't know how much that stuff matters at all anymore. It's so hard to tell just with like <laughs> kind of how the music industry even works with it, a lot it of this. It definitely matters. But, yeah. But this was the first time we had ever like this on our release. We actually charted at like number 62 on the billboard nice. 200. Hey, so like, dude, congratulations. Yeah, so like for me, it's like, this is the first time I've ever, you know, we were like number one in like, uh, it was something like alternative, new alternative records. We were number one there. We were number three in the Heat Seeker. I mean, we did like some pretty wild charting numbers. And in this day and age, for a band like us to be able to chart of all the bands in the entire world that released a record, you know, in that past week or have, you know, had really strong records out for a few weeks, like, um, I know every band always says the shit where it's just like, oh, we wouldn't be here without you. But I mean, you know, we we literally have been at the place where we've played to to no one, to a <laughs> to a bartender um, or the other band or anything. So and you're saying uh, there's hope for me then, Mike? Yes, there's oh, hope, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just it's just a huge kind of thank you, because I don't think that people realize that, like, um being in a band makes you put every facet of your life on hold. Um, especially when you, when you really want something, um, it's, it's not things that are easy are rarely worth doing. And I think that being in this band for all of us has had its trials and tribulations, but, um, those four dudes are my best friends and I, you know, I do anything for them. I hang, we like, we practice every week as a band as an excuse to just hang out yeah. like you know <laughs> even when we don't have any tours coming up or anything like that we still get together just to hang out that's awesome. and i think that's like uh you know a pretty a pretty cool thing for a band that's been a band for you know 10 11 years that you know it it's because of the people that have supported us so long that have made being in this band you know as worth it as it is we'd still play music together obviously but they've given us the opportunity to be able to, to travel, to be able to see places that we otherwise will never see. Um, you know, it's just, it's a really special thing. I, I know a lot of people always say that, but it, it really does make a huge difference when people come out to shows, hang out, buy records. And like, if mu our music has done anything for anybody, like, you know, telling us that at a show or anything like that, it, it does actually mean the world. So it's, it's a, huge thank you to everybody who who's helped us out all right so uh mike you are the man we're gonna have to do this again sometime thanks Hell for yeah, being man. here for uh of course yeah 125 episode 125 can you believe it <laughs> it's pretty insane you, man you've been I, here since the beginning not... haven't you oh dude of course <laughs> <laughs> long time listener first time guest right yeah exactly man <laughs> mike uh hang on tight i gotta talk to you off the air but thanks for being here for 125 yeah man thank you once again, I want to thank Mike from Pianos Become the Teeth for being with me here for episode 125 of Spinning Thoughts. You got to get your hands on their album, Wait for Love. It is such a delight. Let us know what you think about it on Twitter, at Spin Thoughts. We just got Vero for anybody who wants to try to figure that fucking thing out with us. And uh, we're all over the social medias. Come find us. You can subscribe to the show for free on your favorite uh, music source, I'm sure. And if you can't, then let me know and I'll fucking fix it. <laughs> Uh, our website is thespinningthoughts.com. Lots of great stuff going on over there. We're always dropping content, so check it out. Share with a friend, by the way. We'd appreciate it. Every single Thursday at midnight Eastern, we are premiering episodes on Adobe Radio. We drop those uh, episodes the following Monday on all those beautiful platforms that you like to jam us on. We thank you. I thank you. And until next time, you know it, so say it. Share music. Spread love. <laughs>